start. Oh, okay. We are starting. So welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Frank, one of your hosts of the Just a Couple of Dudes podcast, and we have our, our main host. Um, Eric Flattiger. And then we have a recurring guest. I'm Mark. Mark Coleman. Yes. This would be his third time on. Oh, wow. Already. I think that's a record. Wow. Oh, yeah. And he's the brains behind this. Just so you know, he's our, he's our Jamie. So with Rogan, but he doesn't have COVID. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm like the guy who ate Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So today's episode is kind of a mixed bag. We're going to be talking about some things that are going on right now with an experiment we're doing, uh, me and my roommate, Christian, and then we're going to be talking about the election, and then also some NFL uh, and sports talk as well. Um, Eric, do you want to talk about uh, the good woman segment? Yeah, so I mean, typically we do a good man segment, uh, and then well, we, we've highlighted some women as well, so uh, today we're going to do a good woman segment, and we're going to highlight my grandmother, who uh, passed away about, I think it was a little over two or right at two weeks ago now. Um, I was just in Maryland, uh, Indianapolis this past weekend for her funeral service, which was really gorgeous. It was at the uh, Naval Academy. Well, it was at a, first we went to a Catholic church and then we went to the funeral home and then she had another service at the Naval Academy because my grandfather, who she had remarried, he was, uh, I mean, he was a terrific guy. We could do a whole good man segment just on him. He was, Navy. He was a captain in the Navy. He graduated from the Naval Academy in 1944. He was like uh, the tail end of World War II, but he stayed all the way through Korean War, Vietnam War, got out, went to uh, Harvard, got a master's in finance, and then taught at Catholic University. So that was his background. She had remarried him when her and my grandpa had split up long before I was born. And so she was able to, since her spouse was in the Naval Academy, she was able to have her um, her urn that the Navy makes and get put in the same sealed little spot as him, which that was just like a really nice uh, mm-hmm. ceremony they had. But for her, um, she was 85, so she lived like a long, pretty long life. I mean, if I get to 85, like I'd, I'd hope to get a little bit more, but 85 is like a nice long life. And uh, one thing I would say about my grandmother that made her different or special is anyone who knew her uh, would say that every single day she was like dressed to the nines like she only bought and had nice clothes and jewelry and did her makeup and her hair she never wanted to look old so she had her hair done and makeup and I just always appreciated that about her and I think a lot of people appreciate that about her is she just I mean, it's not just about being material and in vain, but she just wanted, I think when you look good, you feel good. You know, that's, that's how the, the saying goes. And uh, now she grew up in, or she lived in Maryland and I was in Arizona, you know, my whole life growing up. So I didn't really get to have the advantage of being around her all the time, but, you know, we did get to visit quite often. And she just, uh, she, she was really excited about life and she had a gorgeous home and she would, you know, she had 35 bird feeders, I think my dad told me. And she had like all these cats she would adopt and she would like take care of them and all these birds and everything she did just had to be extravagant. It had to be nice. And that's just how she lived her life. And I think, you know, that translates into a lot of areas of life as well. And so she was just a great woman and, uh, and she, you know, not my blood, 
grandfather, but my grandfather, who she had remarried, um, he was just an amazing man too. And so uh, that's kind of how she was able to afford such a, you know, finer life as well. But she was a great woman and uh, she had a great, you know, she had three great kids, my aunt, my uncle, my dad, and they were all at the funeral as well. And it was, uh, it was tough because, especially for my aunt who lives in Maryland, uh, my grandma was like her best friend. And so it's like my aunt lost her best friend. And so I think that just speaks to the type of woman my grandmother was where she could be best friends with, with her children and, you know, and, and just live such a pretty sweet life. So uh, that's the, uh, we'll wrap it up there. So, but she was just an amazing woman. What, would you say that's where you got a lot of your style from? Or do you think it runs in the genes? You know, I, th I think so. Because, uh, you know, my grandpa, who, you know, is my father's, you know, blood, you know, his biological father, he, uh, you know, he's very simple. He's not into anything kind of flashy. He's very just, you know, he's, he's very old school, you know, he's had like, he likes to just drive the same car, like he doesn't want to have anything upgraded. You know, he was born and grew up in the depression, dirt poor in Montana, and, and just, you know, like, doesn't want any of that. My grandma was like the exact polar opposite. So I'd say, yeah, that's where he got it from. And yeah, you can even look at my, like my aunt or, you know, my dad, he's kind of like that too. Like my dad's always been like, you know, if I'm going to invest money in something or buy a car or buy something, I'm going to, I might as well buy the best one, you know, because you'll have it, you'll have it longer, you'll treat it better. And so I think we kind of get that from her. I think it's cool to just reflect on lineage and think about the family and how it affects you. I think Eric, you would do a good job because you, you think about things um, and you reflect, you know, it's like pretty crazy because of her decisions and actions is why you're here today and also impacts what you're doing in the community today, right? And I don't know, I just think it's a nice thing to, to reflect on. Oh, definitely. So today, uh, well, and sorry for your loss. I mean, that's big. No matter what age you lose someone at, it's always hard. Yeah, you know, that's, that is something because, you know, she's 85 years old. It kind of, not, not that it makes sense when someone just dies, you know, she had a stroke. But um, I didn't really think like my, my dad took it really hard, like as he should, that's his mother. But you kind of just assume like when people hear, I feel like when people hear like your grandma died, it's not as much as like someone who you would think is a lot younger died. Like that seems more tragic. And in some ways it is, but like, even when someone at 85 or 90 goes, it's like, man, that's a great person whose life just came to an end. So yeah, it's still, you still take it kind of hard. Something I don't want to think about, but it does happen. Like it's the only thing guaranteed is death. And I just don't want to think about it. I don't want my grandma or my grandpa to die. You know, I went to, I went to breakfast with them recently. They still look really good. They're in their uh, early eighties, you know, and I have a lot of good memories of them taking me to the, to the movies. Actually the best sleep I think I've ever had was in their minivan on the 101 when the 101 wasn't that busy. And like we would drive for, you know, go to a restaurant and go to the movies and I would sleep every time. Like I can't nap at all now, but I know it's like little memories like that. There's something about a car and the highway that puts you to sleep when you're a passenger. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, that's why we need the Teslas that are self-driving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we need those. So, all right. So we, uh, I'm actually, me and or Christian and I are actually on an experiment right now. We are on day nine of the carnivore diet. Mm -hmm. So we finally uh, took the leap. Because Eric, how long have we been talking about this? Dude. 
ever I think since like 2017 I think that or maybe earlier 2017 right? Sean Baker was on Rogan and I was like dude like this guy only eats meat this is just crazy be good <laughs> yeah I um I I could tell you it, it's weird man to eat you know only meat because you got to think we're we're cooking like two to three pounds of meat a day like each you know like yeah. that's a lot <laughs> you know and, and i'm like every like uh you have like bone broth or anything yeah i had some like prepared bone broth the problem is eric is that and mark is that i'm lazy like kind of when it comes to food you know like i just i want something ready and then just eat it yeah think about it you know I, I wish i could eat ice cream cookies cheesecake and some burgers and have abs yeah it's so good like i really wish but unfortunately i can't so I'm living through. <laughs> <laughs> and um fortunately because of christian a big thing I've, I've learned from this experiment is that uh i think we take things for granted you know sometimes because like man everywhere i go i have to think about something like we went out for football the other day and christian and i just had black coffee and water oh gosh i know like the whole time like watching football you know like that's that's pretty you that's know rough, that's, that's roughing it a bit right oh yeah i want dude i want like chips and salsa and i don't know like the whole thing and then christian went out the other night and he had just salmon at a birthday party just a oh. slab of salmon just, just like that's it and like i mean it's i don't i don't it's really difficult to think if it's sustainable um like if you can imagine because I've, I've researched a lot of like testimonials and you know i've been reading it for years and stuff like that i mean it seems like the the cure-all doesn't it? it yeah like mark called it what do you call it mark a fad yeah but you also called it something else you're like is it the CBD? Oh, it's, yeah, it's the CBD of diets. It's the CBD yeah. of diets, yeah. right? It's like CBD oil can take off this, 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 you know, and I hope it helps people. Um, but it's definitely humbled me to be like, you know, the other day I was at a restaurant and I saw a guy, he was a little bit heavier. He was there probably with a significant other and they were drinking, eating pizza um, at, a, at a pizza restaurant and he just looked happy, you know? So when I saw him, I wouldn't give diet advice, right? Like, I don't care, man, you, you look happy. And that's what it comes down to. You know, if you want advice, I'll tell you. Um, but everyone is different, you know, and everyone's gonna, you know, tailor to certain needs and requirements kind of, right? Like, and if you wanna eat the sad diet, the standard American diet, and you seem to be a happy person, I think that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you wanna. I mean, the carnivore diet, especially like, you know, when you mentioned like it's a fad diet, yeah, you do kind of go back and forth on it. Cause like, you know, I, we followed, especially through the podcast, you know, so many different carnivore people and they say it's a cure-all that like, Oh, my acne went away. You know, I lost weight. I did this, I did that. Boom, 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 boom. Like so many different things. But I did think it was, it was a little uh, sobering. I saw a couple people who were like hardcore carnivore people then kind of switch and start eating more, a little bit of like fruits and veggies and some simple carbohydrates like whether it be you know i don't know grains or rice and we're just saying that and i just think like people's body i think our bodies are so weird that like i don't know like 
what is the perfect or not perfect, but like what's the most optimal diet? I have no idea, you know? Yeah. I, I think after this 30 days, first, it's just going to be exciting to say I did 30 days of something. Having an accountability partner is huge. So having yeah. my roommate, I wouldn't have done it. There has been times where I'm like texting him. I'm like, Hey man, I don't know if I can make it. He's like, stay true. Stay strong, brother. You know, like when you have that, it, it just helps you. It's like running a marathon with a partner next to you. I mean, it's such a huge difference. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I'll be honest, like lately, well, especially when I was in Maryland, dude, I didn't, I had no, I mean, I just ate whatever, like we're going out, I was getting fish and chips and I was eating ice cream. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. I didn't feel too awesome coming home, but yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it's tough. I think the hardest thing about carnivore is like, it's any kind of elimination diet. It's like when you eliminate all the stuff, that's like the most fun to eat. That's tough. And then when you go to like social circles, that's even more tough because that's typically what people kind of come, come around is like food and drink. And yeah, when you guys said you're doing 30 days of it, I was like, man, that's rough. Cause we've talked about it so many times. I'm like, I can barely do like real keto for 30 days, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's definitely been a trip. I, I think keto is much more sustainable and that's probably what I'll go to after this is a, is a keto type diet. Um, but I mean, depending, I mean, within 30 days, you should see some benefits. Like, um, a couple things. One is, uh, I would say I'm definitely more calm. I'd say I've noticed in the nine days. Um, I would say my, my eating, my appetite has changed. So like I never eat breakfast and now I eat breakfast every morning. It's really oh, wow. weird. Yeah. And on the carnivore diet, they recommend just to eat when you're hungry and eat until you're full, like that simple. Um, so I, I think a big key is, is to make sure you get plenty of fats. Like I actually got uh, beef fat straight from the butcher for free. Actually, it was great. And I just uh, add it to meals. So it's not mostly protein. And um, yeah, it's been also diarrhea. That's pretty common. Yeah. <laughs> so there's been some of that, but I've maintained weight. I'm stronger. My workouts have improved. Yeah, I feel like the, the carnivore community talks a lot about uh, salt and sodium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have an electrolyte mix that we have, like a powder. Yeah, we've been doing that. And then I have my supplements, like my, my vitamins and stuff. But um, I think it's interesting. Again, we'll see, we'll see what is sustainable for myself. Um, the keto diet is supposed to be really well, too. I've been reading a lot about with psychology and mental health, too. It's actually being uh, recommended. It's kind of cool. I'll talk about it more in probably another episode, but yeah, I just think it's cool to have challenges too. Oh yeah, dude. Even like, even just try out like, oh, I'm going to do vegan for a month or like, or not even that. Just like, I'm not going to like, you take something that you like to eat a lot or drink or whatever, and you just eliminate it for 30 days. Like the discipline of not doing it. That's pretty tough. Yeah. What's, what's the craziest experiment you've done? Craziest experiment. Um, I actually did, uh, I did no, like no alcohol, no sugar. Um, I, I don't think I eliminated carbs completely cause I would eat stuff like, like, you know, like fruits have carbs in it and stuff, but I did like no alcohol, no sugar as much as I could do no sugar. I know there's sugar almost in everything, but I like, I didn't eat any sweets. I would always do sugar free stuff. Like I, I only had, like, if I did, I'd use like stevia. 
If I did that, no alcohol and no like dessert, basically, or like fast food or anything like that for like, I think it was like six months. In, wow. I think it's in like 2016. Um, How did you feel? I felt really good. I actually really enjoyed it. And, uh, and I wasn't too like crazy about it. It wasn't like I was obsessive, like, oh, I can't have a cup of coffee with stevia in it or something. It was just like, I don't want to eat cookies, ice cream, cake, treats. I don't want to eat fast food, chips. I'm not going to eat junk, you know, I'm not, and I'm not going to drink alcohol. And part of that was like, if I drank alcohol, I would eat all that garbage. And I did like a good six months of like no alcohol, no junk food. And that was really tough because Monday through Friday, it could be pretty good. But then it was like, the weekend was like normally when I would like eat chips and eat sweets and drink alcohol and, you know, and, and so I just wanted to try to do like a, just a clean, like six months without it. And then it's kind of sad because you, when you kind of get through it and you're like finally break and you're like, sure. And then next thing you know, you're like back in the habit of like just having beers and eating you know, shit. But that's, that's probably the craziest thing. The mo- I think two years ago, I did like this 30 days of exercise challenge and I think it was the month of December. So it was like the last, but I wound up doing it the last couple of days of November too. So it came out to like 35 days where I just, I worked out every day and I ran every day and it doesn't sound too crazy, but there's plenty of days where you're like, fuck, I don't want to work out at all. And I'm like, I got to do something. And I'd go for like a, you know, like a three or four mile run and it just, it was the worst ever because I just didn't want to do it. It's more mentally challenging than anything. Yeah, I think, I mean, and then the body kind of needs some rest, right? It does. So like my shins really hurt, but I would mm-hmm. still be like, I got to do it because I told myself I would do it. Yeah, see, that's, that's tough. What about you, Mark? What's some crazy experiments you've done? I went 11 days without eating once. 11 days? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, that's very impressive. Uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> What's bird that? Uh, that was when I was doing physique competitions. Like wow. Six or seven years ago. Did you have multivitamin or anything? I drank uh, one cup of tea and one cup of coffee a day. Damn. So what was the what what, what was the purpose? Like to lose weight very just, quickly. Just to lose weight as fast as possible. So how did you how did you feel? Uh, I made sure to sleep extra because I was tired a lot. Um, it was hard to sleep in long bouts though. So I couldn't sleep more than maybe like four or five hours at a time. Um, You get a lot of, uh, uh, it's not like abdominal distension, but like hyperperistalsis, you feel your bowels moving a lot more constantly. Yeah, yeah. So I'd actually literally massage my abdomen. Here's Mark right here. Chill it out and just kind of move in the intestines. Yeah, well, and then later you find out that actually stimulates them more. So I don't know what I was doing there. Um, but yeah, there, there's that. And before that, I think it was about a year and a half of grinding pretty hard for competitions. Wow. And now, what competitions did you did you participate in? Uh, I was on the Adonis Index. So that's a that's a website that um, by uh, John Barbin. And I think Brad Keelan's a part of it too, who uh, wrote Eat, Stop, Eat. The, he was the first intermittent faster. He was, he was mm. writing about it back in like 2010 or something like that. Mm. Yeah, before anybody so ever heard of it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was, I was doing that early in adoption. And then uh, for about two years straight, uh, 
I was on the Adonis Index in two separate competitions. After the first one, they made me a moderator. So I couldn't place in the second one, but I did a lot better in the second one. Mm. So yeah, I'm still, I think I'm still on the, the website. Are you? Yeah, it's like season seven or eight or something like that. So 11 days of not eating. What did you do during that 11 days? Were you working? Yeah. So yeah, you were working. Worked. Did you work out? Uh, very, very little. And I, I wouldn't do any cardio at all because I found when I did cardio, I get very hungry, e even when I was eating regularly. Really? Yeah, it made me water hungry. Yeah, how much water? Oh, prob probably a gallon a day. I wasn't really crazy on it. I was I was in California at the time. It wasn't real hot. So. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. How much weight did you lose? Oh, I want to say I, at the time I wasn't really measuring in pounds. I wouldn't get on the scale. I was using a myotape around my abdomen because it's it's a more accurate gauge of uh, what what oh, percentage body fat, body fat you're, you're at. As long as you do it at the same time every day in the morning, you know, after you're dry. Um, but yeah, I lost about an inch and a half on my waist circumference. Wow. <laughs> 11 days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was pretty thin too. I had a DEXA scan at the time and my, my upper body fat was about 13%. Wow. Okay. What, what was the worst part of it? Uh, you know, one, one benefit that I really liked was walking by the kitchen sink every day and seeing it empty. It's something you don't really think about, but it's pretty neat, you know, just not having to ever do dishes, rarely having to go to the bathroom, really. Yeah. Right. You know who Christian said something like that. He did like a, I think he only did two days, 48 hours, or maybe it was three. I think it was only 48 hours, yeah. but he was like, I didn't do any dishes and I didn't poop. I was like, God, that sounds good. It's not bad, man. So that that's one of the cool benefits. I mean, the worst is really just that, that hyperperistalsis I was talking about. And what about the, what about the mentality? Uh, Mark has this mentality, and he, and he downplays it, but Mark has this mentality, like he, he's worked like 80 hours, Eric, and was in nursing school at the same time. So this guy is like a machine, you know, like yeah. he, he's an absolute machine, like, and he doesn't even realize it. I'm like, I told his wife the other day, I go, this is one of the smartest guys I've ever met. Like, oh God, yeah. he, he's, he's so smart. He's so like, you know, it's just this, it's this crank that's constantly going. And I'm like, man, that is, that's a superpower. Dude, I, I feel like if I run for like 45 minutes, I'm like, I feel like, like, like oh, I'm like David Goggins, you know, like you, yeah. you know, feel so proud of it. And then you hear people who do like crazy, like real crazy stuff. I'm like, gosh, man. The mental, the mental toughness for 11 days like that is that's a long time almost two weeks that's almost two weeks what was the first meal like when you came back oh I, I yeah I don't remember but I'm sure I just broke and started eating tons of crap really oh yeah guaranteed. Okay. yeah I wonder if you throw up no I never threw up from it I used to have trouble throwing up hmm. yeah so it was, it was very yeah, difficult you, even if I needed to I think it was Anthony told me he did a he did three days Three day fast, right? Three day, was it three? And then he ate like two pints of cherry Garcia. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, man. Well, I mean, you do deserve something after three yeah. days. Yeah. I mean, I fasting has been part of religion for a really long time. Oh, right? big time. So there's been something to it. And now it's like one of the key words. Um, I don't even want to call it a fad, but it's a huge thing now with any type of nutrition fitness now. 
is some type of fasting. Um, well, definitely fasting is, you know, it's become, you know, it's like you said, it's been around forever. Like lots of people fast. And, uh, but now I think that there's more, it's just become more sensationalized because you have more people like on social media, you know, who are like fitness type people who are talking about it. So a lot of people, you know, I hear people say like, Oh, it's a, like, you know, intermittent fasting is a, is a fad or, through that, I'm like, I don't know, I feel like people have been doing it for a real long time. There's some, there's some OGs in the game. I know that Mark Bell will post some people, him and Chris Bell, like, I forgot who it was they had on, like, a podcast several months ago, but it was a guy who's been doing, he does, like, a 48-hour, or I think it was 48-hour water fast every week, so, like, he eats five days, doesn't eat for two days, and he's been doing it for, like, you know, 20 years. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, so so the, the science behind is that the body resets, right? So they're saying Yeah, so you can you can find increased levels of endogenous uh, human growth hormone production in males increased testosterone levels for sure. And it's a it's a muscle protective mechanism that probably dates back to the, the pre-advent of refrigeration, right? Because we we didn't have common uh, even a residential, but not no commercial real refrigeration that wasn't, you know, ice powered. You know, yeah. from slabs of ice until somewhere around the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Before that, food preservation started during the Napoleonic Wars, um, so in the 1800s. And prior to that, with no means of canning food for long-term storage, people went hungry a lot for long periods of time. So it's really how our bodies um, adapted. Oh, yeah. Well, you think about any, any like, not just humans, any animal, like, in the wild or whatever, like, you don't. You know, you eat and like they eat a lot and then or as much as they can and then they don't eat until they go get their next meal or come across another meal. So I think hunger is just a just a natural friend to, to things that are alive. <laughs> yeah, it, it is hard with all the options around us. It's a different challenge, right? It's not the lack of food. It's the amount. And it's instantly satisfying. It's everywhere. It's peer pressure. And then it's instantly addicting. You know, sugar has been shown to be more addicting than cocaine mentally. So, oh, I mean, that, that's pretty powerful stuff. And we talk about, you know, I there was a day, man, I was craving like ice cream. It was, I think it was like day four or something like that. And I wanted to bail. I was like, it's already been three days. We ate some dry pork one of the days, like it's still not good. And, uh, you know, you're just gutting it down, you know, just gutting it down with water. And I'm just sitting there like, God, some, some ice cream with some whipped cream right now. Yeah, dude. Don't you think like people like, like, like Sean Baker, right. Who's like, hasn't had nothing but meat in three years or something crazy. And he's like, best diet ever. Like it's, it's so delicious. I don't even miss anything. I'm like, you don't miss cupcakes. You don't miss that. Like, come on. I mean, it, it has to, right? It was made by food scientists and they yeah. made it to where it's addicting, instantly gratifying. Like everyone likes the taste of it. I think it's almost impossible not to like it. I mean, it, I guess if you clearly go a long time, I guess it's like having a soda and you're like, oh, it really doesn't taste good. Right? True. True. So there is that. I bet you if you had it, you'd probably, a, you'd probably get really sick and then second maybe it's just because the taste wasn't adapted right you know that is true because if you go long enough i've noticed like when i wouldn't if i don't drink you know have any beer for like a really long time like right now i haven't had a beer in 
months. And if I were to really? have one, probably wouldn't taste that good. Yeah. No alcohol at all? I've had – so I haven't had any beer. and I haven't been, like, intoxicated, like, drunk since Kyle's wedding. But I've had – I went, like, a few months with nothing. And then I've – all I have now is, like, a, I'll do, like, a mule, like a Moscow mule. I'll have one or two of those. Um, but I haven't had a beer in so long. If I had one, I'm sure it would taste disgusting. Really? What about you, Mark? Oh, how long? Yeah. Has it been since I've had a beer? Uh, let's see. We're probably going on like hour 18 or 20. <laughs> uh, I'm on day nine. So yeah, uh, yeah it, it's hard, man. I mean, if, if you, you know, some people can eat kind of what they want and then they diet eight, you know, 90 and they're fine. That's a good life, man. They didn't have to stress oh. about this, you know, eating and stuff. I do think that nutrition is unfortunately is actually like the main cause of our health issues. And I think it's getting worse and worse because the more we put these chemicals in our bodies and the, and the lack of nutrition, then every mom is, is, you know, conceiving a baby and then it just goes down the line. Right. We're seeing it. We're seeing basically every health statistic go worse. You know, oh yeah. That's like, you know, people, I, I don't know much about medicine and healthcare, but when people talk about, you know, like, Oh, you know, where's, where does cancer come from? I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the chemicals and the, and the processed food we eat. Like, you know, you don't just bombard yourself with like soda or like, you know, the chemicals that are in like a monster energy drink or a bang energy drink, do that for 20 years and just fill yourself with it. I think it starts to grow cancer. I don't know. They do it yeah. to the lab rats all the time. You know, they pop them full of Splenda for 18 months and then they grow tumors all over them. You know, like pretty sure that that's why. Yeah. It's unfortunate our bodies haven't adapted to where there's like this super detoxifier and it can just take all the garbage in and then be fine. Like how can we not make food that tastes really good? Why well, they kind of are getting better now, but like, we can't make food that like tastes like pizza, but acts on our body like a steak. Oh, God, like, no. How cool would that be? You know, right? Like, can you imagine eating like a whole, I don't know, pepperoni and sausage pizza with uh, cheesy crust and then it actually is good for you? Like, oh, right? like wouldn't that be solve all our problems? We'd probably have less violence. <laughs> we would have a way more booming economy. Like people would be way happier, right? Like. You know, yeah, there are some this. people who are, who are trying to, you know, because Anella, she's so into, like, all the foodie blog type people on Instagram mm -hmm. and she's in the whole, you know, all the, all the people that work out and bodybuild and do stuff. And they all, they're, like, all addicted to food, even though they, like, deprive themselves of the best food. But, you know, she, I think it's someone's wife in that community. Uh, I bought some they look like brownies and they taste like brownies, like these sweet little like brownie ball things. Mm -hmm. And it had, you know, there was, it was, I think there was like two, two grams of carb in it because they use like coconut flour and then they sweetened it with like stevia and something else. There's no sugar in it and there's tons of protein. And it was like pretty, I mean, like seemingly like not any bullshit in it. And it tasted amazing because normally it kind of tastes like, if you get like a keto cookie, you're like, it tastes okay, but these tasted amazing. So I think that there, I think there's hope for some 
healthy treats that aren't just complete dog shit. I mean, we're about to be on Mars. So if we, before Mars, can we get some like Snickers bars that are good for us? You know, yeah. like for, for us lay people, you know, that aren't going to be going to Mars because we are not making it guys. Let's just be real right now. We are, we're not on the spectrum. <laughs> so uh, I just want some candy bars that taste good. Like I'm just, I'm going to come up with a deal from Elon Musk. Be like, hey man, what can you do for us? Seriously. <laughs> So let's uh, let's switch subjects, and we'll have a, another pod with Christian and I when we do over day thirty, and kind of talk about kind of the ups and downs and the benefits, and and what we plan to do from there. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about the election. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this is, I mean, basically, it's every other commercial. It is. Oh my God! Every, every postcard, right? <laughs> text yeah. messages. I get text, text messages. Also what so what's weird is like politics has changed but it also really hasn't isn't it kind of the same doesn't it feel the same like you're just flooded with stuff it's you know the same tactic like what if someone sent out some stuff in the mail and was being nice about their enemy about the opposition could you imagine like, could you imagine trump being like hey you know biden's been in there 47 years he's really working hard good dad lost his son Good luck to him. I hope I win. If I don't, he's a good candidate. You know, like, I wonder how that would play out. Like, oh, my God. If you could do that, right? Like, turn the tables. That would be insane. I don't, I don't see it happening, though. <laughs> I, don't see, I don't see it happening either. But I'm watching these, like, literally uh, polar opposite commercials where they're accusing both candidates of the same thing. And I'm like, I'm just talking about, like, more local senators. And I'm like, well, which one is it? Yeah, like they're both they're both screwing over Medicare. So which one which one do the old people vote for? I know, right? You know, like I'm I'm like, I don't I don't know. And then everyone everyone is saying in the media to 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 vote, and you have two choices. So I'm like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> like, who who is it? I know a lot of people that don't vote. I know a lot of people that write their own name in. Like, does that help? I don't I don't think so. I, I don't know, man. It, it's a it's a messy process. Well, it is because, you know, one of the biggest problems is, you know, even Trump and Biden, who could seemingly be polar opposites, right? If you if you just read into the the commercials or like what they each say they're gonna do, like it seems very opposite. But, you know, they're really two sides of the same coin. Um, and as as a same thing, it was in every election. They're pretty much two sides of the same coin. It's really I think it's, I think they polarize like the big differences between the two, but at the end of the day, it's like, we all, we all know how, you know, the government's multiple branches anyways. And so what can the president, how much power do they have? You know what I mean? And, and so you look at almost any president, you look at Barack Obama, George Bush before him and so on and so forth. And it's like, you know, there seems to be a pretty common theme that doesn't really change too much. Because, you know, the House has been set up the same way for a very long time. The Senate set up, you know, it's like we think like if Trump wins, it's over. Or if Biden wins, it's over. Or we can't have, you know, crazy Bernie because that would be the end of, you know, this. Or, you know, people think all these crazy things and it's like, you know, the anti-war guy gets voted in because he's anti-war, but then we stay in wars, you know. The anti, you know, the anti- capitalist person gets in and then 
you don't really get, you know, like even with, uh, you know, Barack Obama was supposed to be like, okay, this is our chance to have socialized medicine. And then you get like whatever Obamacare was, which didn't seem like, you know, the, the universal healthcare that people really wanted. So, but then it sucks because we're just stuck with the two choices and it's really like how much different are the two. And then depending on what state you live in, you know, does your vote totally matter if you live in, you know, if you live in California, <laughs> are you going to vote for Trump and change anything? I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts, Mark, on the election? Oh, oh, God. Mark's not a politics guy. Can we agree? That's good. Would you say? Not really, right? Or are you? I'm, I'm pretty deep into it because of my wife. Oh, okay. So, so his wife is big into it, but if it wasn't for your wife, would you be big into it? I used to be <clears throat> and, until around March or April, and then I became disgusted. What made you disgusted? The COVID stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of flipping back and forth. So government, governmental mechanisms, specifically the administrative state, which it really is a, a non-constitutional entity, all these administrative entities like the FDA, the CDC, um, they're, they're close, as close to a, as a private organization as you can get that actually make uh, regulations carried out and enforced as if they're law to it, right? And there's no congressional ruling on it whatsoever other than the funding of these agencies. And Congress's job is to write and legislate all of the laws that rule us. So what happens when you, you know, you have somebody, uh, as people are looking at now, like Trump coming in and, and deregulating the FDA to whatever means that's mean, makes a lot of people really upset, right? Uh, a lot of people aren't represented in that decision. And the reason they're not represented is because the FDA is doing it and not Congress. Congress is supposed to do that. So we can hold them accountable. Who are we holding accountable at the FDA? Who do I hold accountable with OSHA after they drop their rigs to say that I could I could wear a bandana and there's no legal recourse against my employers if I'm forced mm -hmm. to rewear the same disposable mask three weeks in a row and store it in a paper bag by policy. So the, he's talking mainly about the the healthcare kind of crisis that we're still in. Yes, right. That we're still in. Um, we are still struggling to actually get supplies now because of the COVID increases in the Midwest. So they're shipping like. Uh, Gloves, for example, I work for a smaller company and uh, the glove prices shot way through the roof because we don't, we're not making enough and it's being way used in the Midwest. So instead of supplying more like we should be and or producing it, which we could in America, right? That's what, that's what got us through World War II, right? Was that we, we suspended like kind of our, our business at the time. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, mostly women, I think at the time, basically we're in the factories and they were turning out work with them and war supplies. So yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point. It's hard, it's hard to think about now because our, our, our attention span, or at least mine is, is so short. Yeah. You know, like COVID's rising again, right? Basically what we're hearing, it's going to be rising. Winter's coming and <laughs> winter is coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> and, and like, I, oh man, it's a, it's such a, rocky time it is and, and like uh you know i feel like mark is kind of alluding to like and correct me if i'm wrong but like government can't get out of its own way and, and government has like it's it's protected itself and kind of like what you're saying it's like where 
the country was founded in a way that the people, it's supposed to be people who are, mm -hmm. you know, have the freedom to, to either vote in the, the people they want, you know, to, to make legislature and into the Congress and into what, um, and the president and whatnot. But like government has created so much government to where it protects itself. And it's, yeah, you, you have the FDA, you have all these different, you know, the, all these different government entities that, that make, their own rules that operate in their own way. They're not held accountable by people. They're held accountable by themselves. Like who, who does the accounting for our government? You know, like I don't get, you know, when you pay your taxes, even you don't get a, you know, an accounts payable. You don't see what your taxes went to. You don't know how it's being spent. And they're the ones who are left. So when we have a COVID crisis, they're the ones in control of how are we going to protect people? How are we going to administer, you know, protective, you know, the, all the PPE and stuff. And, you know, it, it just seems like not that everything should be done in, you know, more of a libertarian private way, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like more uh, innovation, you know, isn't being utilized because it's, it's all we can go on is our government. Hopefully they make the right choices. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I always thought like the best example, and I brought this up before to people, but was SpaceX and NASA, right? Mm -hmm. So you have NASA is not really going to come up with innovation. It's just not the model, right? It's going to do what it does. Um, SpaceX will, right? And they work together. So you have the government and you have a private entity, and now they're working together to get people up in space and to, to further the mission. You know, they, uh, SpaceX has put up more rockets with the first rocket that's brought up Americans to the, the, uh, what is ISS, the station, yeah. right? And since like four or five years or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think that like there's a hybrid answer probably that we need to do, you know, that can that can include the innovation you're talking about. Because when we have these old policies, we have these regulations, you it, it suppresses <clears throat> innovation. You know, it's like, well, we can't do this because this is the rule. Yeah, it's like, well, one big, giant, slow moving thing mm -hmm. that controls everything. And yeah. if you want change, it's like, oh, we got to ram it through, through this thing that's led by people who, if you get voted in, especially like in the House, it's like in the House, if you get elected to be a congressman or congresswoman, your first thing is like, I need to secure the money that I will need to be reelected in two years. So I need to get that money secured. And my first year is going to be worrying about how do I get that money secured? I have to hit this target financially so I get reelected. So how much are they really doing? for the people, which is who they're supposed to serve is literally just the people. I think uh, the term limits needs to be brought up uh, as, a, as a solution. Uh, Andrew Yang came up with a proposition that anyone that's in Congress currently would be grandfathered in, so it wouldn't affect them. They can stay as long as they want until they die, usually. Because um, there's, no, there's no leaving, right? Pretty much, they, they stay until they're dead. It's like, I mean, they're wheelchaired in. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like. You couldn't work at Walmart, but for some reason you could be voting for Congress. Like, you know, like how does that make sense? You know, but um, his thing was that the new people coming up would have term limits. Oh yeah, I, you know, I always thought it was like, you know, just like it works with the president. So how can we can look at the job of the presidency and say, look, you can't do more than two terms. You can't do more than eight years because we don't want someone to get in and just stay there. You know. Well, how come, you know, the, the Senate and the House 
they control a, an equal part of the government as the presidency, you know, as the administration. And but they can get in and stay forever. I mean, look at Joe Biden, literally 47 years, you know, like, or yeah. and there's people with even more. Look at Mitch McConnell, you know, decades and decades and decades. It's like if you only got in and you were capped at two limits, even in the Senate, that's still 12 years. But if you were capped at that, okay, you get in, you know, you're going to be campaigning, you know, you want to stay in your seat, whatever. I get it. That second term for six years, all you're doing is legislature. All you're doing is your job and that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, and I, I think this is how it used to be done until, uh, you know, recent elections. Um, it used to be the president would take or the, the, whoever the candidate was, would take the allotted money from the government, like the public funds. I think it was like, I forget how much money. It used to be like several hundred thousand, maybe a million dollars. And that's all you would use to campaign and run. And then it turned into like, okay, well now we're going to set up all these ways so that they can make a billion dollars to spend on their campaign. And then it just turned into, well, basically whoever spends the most money is going to win, you know? And, uh, I think that was finally changed a little with Trump because I think Trump had spent less than Hillary Clinton, but I don't really. Yeah, know. He, he didn't spend as much. Yeah, yeah but far. he did. I know that was a whole disaster. That was, I feel like that election 2016 was the first, like we got to a point where now we're like, okay, now we're in uncharted territory. You know, like we saw kind of the, the demise of what we were like, what, what the elections had kind of been every four years, you know, for a long time. And now we're in kind of uncharted territory because I don't even know what to make of this one. I, I think people are exhausted, though, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Like, don't you think people are, like, I don't think people are as angry is my sense. Like, I think people are just tired. You know, they know it's, they know it's a bunch of hoopla and they're just, like, burnout. Well, yeah, know? we, they, I mean, look at the Democratic ticket. Uh, I feel like they've been... I don't know who was, I forget who the first one was to announce that they were running for president, but I feel like it was like almost two years ago. Like it was like 18 months ago. So for like yeah. 18 months, we've been like debates, like I forget how many, but there was, I feel like there was a dozen democratic debates or more, you know? And it's like, we get all the way till now. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even like, I, like, when do we vote finally? <laughs> yeah. When do we vote? How do we vote? Like, how do we not have, a voting service like on our phone. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we like, should. Right? You know, like yeah. secure. Our iPhones are really secure. Why can we register to vote on the internet, but we can't vote? Yeah, I could. I could <laughs> register. Change everything. I yeah. I don't. I don't understand. Like yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure they can lock in. Like <clears throat> who owns the phone? You know, like, you know, they have that we technology. Federal identifiers. Like, yeah, you can do federal identifiers. Yeah. Can, yeah, to do it. Um, that would be nice, you know, instead of having to wait in line and, and do all that. I, I saw someone the other day, I had to wait four hours in Pennsylvania to cast a vote. And I'm just like, man, that, you think there would be a better process? Like we all want the least fraudulent system. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that's not gonna have some fraud with it. You can't control the one USPS worker that throws stuff away. You know, what if, what if that guy's like drunk that day and it's just like, fuck it. <laughs> you know, and he's just like he's just like throwing stuff away out, and it's like it's like, well, don't worry about crazy Ron over there. He just does it every Wednesday. You know, like maybe he doesn't even know. You know, <laughs> you know, like people are acting like, oh, he's just anti something Republican probably or whatever. They're trying to push, but maybe this guy's just throwing random mail away. 
I don't I don't know. Like I'm not there. I know. I saw this really funny thing. It was when it's when all the funding thing for uh, the United States Post Office came up and people were like, you know, Donald Trump doesn't want to give the money to the post office, you know, yada, yada. And uh, and so someone, I forget if it was a tweet, but it was funny because they're like, okay, so the amount of money you're looking for is like a billion dollars. If X amount of people all went out and bought a book of stamps, that would generate enough revenue to fund the post office, but this many people probably won't go out and just buy stamps. You know, it's like, it's like, we really do have the, you know, the power to like actually do stuff. People just, everything is polarized. Everything's political. Everything is like, like, you know, like some crazy, not conspiracy, but like, you you can make anything that Biden does or says evil. You can make anything that Trump says or does evil. And that's like the nature that we're at now. And I'm like, well, why don't we focus on the bigger issue? You know what I mean? Like, like, is adding trillions of dollars in stimulus okay for the economy? What will be the reverberations of just injecting $2 trillion of stimulus? You know, what are the real benefits of that? I feel like that's something that's huge, but more people are worried about, you know, the other things, like the social things that we can't really, unfortunately, solve overnight, you know? Yeah, I, I think... I want to, I wish there was more bipartisanship, you know, the egos were set aside um, because you do have a lot of people struggling right now, you know, and you have a lot of people that are out of jobs, a lot of young people. And, you know, it's not, this is the weirdest time when it wasn't really anyone's fault. It was just like, Hey, we're going to shut things down, you know, for two weeks and ended up being a lot longer. And there's not, there's not a good answer. There's really not. It's mitigating risk. So either way, like, we open up, more people die, like we stay closed, more people die a different way. You know, it's like, no matter what we do, there, there's sad effects. Yep. So instead of saying, well, this answer is way better than that answer. Well, not really, like they're both shitty answers, you know, and I'm glad I'm not in a position of power to, to make those decisions. You know, that's a, that's the cop out way to be, but. Yeah, I was listening to, uh this technology guy who works with Bill Gates and uh, he had this, he developed, helps develop vaccines and the interviewer had just had someone else on who did a, that documentary called Vax, I think. It's all about, you know, uh, vaccination injuries. It's links to, mm-hmm. you know, autism, stuff like that. And so he was asking him, he's like, well, what if a lot of these vaccinations do cause autism, for example? And then the guy goes, I'll take autism over polio or I'll take autism over, you know, this disease. And so like, it kind of alludes to what you said is like, dang, it's like, okay, so what if, what if all that is true? So what if the vaccinations cause autism? It's like, well, okay, so you get vaxxed and then you get autism or there's a risk of, or, you know, you don't get vaxxed, then you get the disease and you get hurt. It's like, you're just in this game of like, really, you know, like there's bad effects no matter what, you know? Yeah, I I think embracing that, and just understanding like, hey, we are trying our best. This is the best decision we have with our experts and with a panel of people. Um, you know, you don't wanna just have CDC be the only guidance, right? You wanna have like the economists too. So why don't you have a panel of people and be like, hey, look, this is our opinion, go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, then make more of a decision, mm-hmm. you know? Cause to just put it on, it is weird. Everyone's looking at it through their own lens, right? And we oh, yeah. took our own lens off. I do, you know, it's, it's from my point of view. Um, I'm in a weird spot. We're in a weird spot as healthcare. Oh yeah. Right. Like 
So we need patients or we don't have a job. Yep. Right. But then at the same time, we want to be, you know, very judicious and, and safe for our patients and ourselves. You know, like it's just a weird, it's a weird dichotomy. Yeah. Oh, it really isn't. I especially feel bad for people in healthcare because like, you know, for me being on the outside of it, you know, I hear all sorts of stuff and it's hard to know not just who to believe, but I feel like I can be a, a pretty, you know, down the middle kind of a person. But, you know, you hear there are a lot of people in the healthcare realm that will say one thing and then there's an equal amount of people I see who say maybe the opposite and you know the truth somewhere in the middle and then you know people that's where people get real upset because then depending on what side politically you're on you know you're gonna you have people you have people like doctors to to be on your side of your argument and then these people have a have doctors and nurses and people on their side of their argument and gosh man like this year has just been like the epitome of that you know I, it's got to eventually get better because it can only get so bad. That's my thought, right? I mean, there is a bottom. <laughs> like eventually, there is a bottom. So when you hit bottom, you know, they talk about AA or I don't know, like whatever. Like a lot of people hit rock bottom, then you then you start to build up again. I mean, maybe that's what about, we, where uh, we're at. I was gonna say, how about Trump getting COVID and then getting over it, like? five days <laughs> you know and then he gets the top-notch treatment of course which is going to happen um yeah. antibody he, therapy yeah he looks relatively healthy for his age right he's pretty pretty astute like he does do you know anything about i mean all i know is he's like yeah i was on regeneron do you know anything about oh, regeneron and no that was remdesivir um so that's an oh, antiviral I, drug yeah yeah but i thought he was on something else that's he like is new. dexamethasone remdesivir and then some um biologics like uh um it was uh the antibodies he was getting mm -hmm. a, a fda emergency use antibodies early okay. on and like mm -hmm. a cocktail of them too yeah he was hit from all angles right away yeah so but I, well, he did look sick one of the days i saw at yeah. least he did look pretty sick like you know covid covid definitely kills so um I've seen more of it in the clinic a little bit, but again, it's nothing like June. I think that was pretty wild. I think it was June was when it peaked. That was pretty wild. So hopefully we're all right. It's gonna be a, a wild winter, but it's been relatively okay in Arizona so far. So fingers crossed. I know I've been worried because you know, so many people are terrified at the school to to come back and for kids to come back and I don't know. It seems some of the stuff I do seems, you know, silly. Like, for example, today, you know, we have lunch tables and they just look like a picnic table. And so they want to do, you know, only two kids per lunch table, but you have to put this plexiglass, you know, divider thing up. And so, but after our maintenance guy came and put them up, I was looking at them and I'm like, oh, I get having, you know, the distance, I guess, because they're sitting. Um, diagonal from one another so it comes out to like you know five or six feet but the the little like the plexiglass is like you know it's like 18 20 inches wide and you know like a little bit tall and I'm like is that thing doing anything I mean like I guess if I like sneezed in that direction it would like stop it but it, it just looks funny because you, you drive through the school and you see all these lunch tables with these little plexiglass things like in the middle to divide the table and I'm like this feels silly yeah, I, I don't, 
I don't know, Mark. What do you think? Is it outdoors? It's outdoors. Yeah, that's silly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wearing a mask outdoors. It's yeah. silly. I uh outside, you know. I'm like, yeah. that's not, but they want it. They're still like, like well, you have to do this. You need to get your lunch tables. Cause I I thought they were fine because they're outside. And they're like, no, no, you gotta put these up. I was like, okay. But I feel like this yeah. one is more for show, but okay. I guess something better than nothing. True, you know. Yeah. Let's talk about NFL injuries real quick. Like this season has been decimated. Like the Dallas oh, yeah. Cowboys, they don't have, I think they have one offensive lineman that's starting still. <laughs> like, and they're down two quarterbacks. Like, you tell me how you're supposed to have a team. They already suck. Like, oh, I mean, it's bad. So when the Cowboys drafted Ben DiNucci in the seventh round uh, from James Madison, I remember thinking like, that's funny. Why would we draft this guy? And then I read up a little about a little bit about him. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll probably be relish to the practice squad. We got Andy Dalton. We got Dak. Like, who is this guy? It's just funny to I remember having that thought. And now that guy's the starting quarterback. And I'm like, I can't believe it. I'm like, is this that movie? What was that movie? Any given Sunday? Oh, that or the replacements? Yeah, it's like yeah, that was a good one. What a weird situation. And then like their whole team is just, yeah, decimated. Just decimated. Yeah, it's it's been rough. I think that we know that practicing is important with injuries, right? Warming up, getting the body accustomed to the shape. Like there's something to that. So, I mean, hopefully next year we have a, a much better outcome because when you lose players, it's just not the same game. No, no, it's not at all. And like, you know, injuries are weird too. You know, like uh, Odell, Beckham Jr. just tore his ACL off of the year. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even seem, it didn't even seem that bad. Like I watched the play and you know, it was on an interception. And he was just running down the guy and all of a sudden, like he just fell to the ground and you're like. Yeah, I think it was a non-contact injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you have those and it's just, I think it takes eight pounds of pressure for your ACL to go out. Something like that, the right angle. It's something like that. I remember, I remember that for some reason. I don't know why. That's trivia of the day. But um yeah, it is weird. Yeah, everything, everything's weird. The only thing that's really normal is golf, because you're outside. <laughs> you know, it's just you and another person in the car. Like it's probably my favorite hobby right now because like it feels the most normal. Yeah. You know, you wear a mask in the clubhouse, but when you're out, you don't. You know, you just play golf and hang out. You're outside. Yeah, and it's like okay, that's really nice. Perfect time of year for golf, golf too now, huh? Oh uh, yeah, it is. It is expensive though. Let's be real about that. Oh, I bet. Like, it is a lot. And actually, we're going to have um, my uh, stepbrother's going to be on soon. He's golfing again. He's doing really good. He's post-MBA and being injected from a vehicle. So I love, he's doing a lot better. He actually had better some better holes than me the other day golfing. Wow. Yeah. So he, I'm really proud of him. He's come a long ways. So. Dang. That's good. I can't wait to talk to him. Yeah. Shout out to Zach. We will be talking to you soon, Zach. And... Um, yeah, man. Anything else you guys want to talk about? It's been about an hour. Oh, we are at an hour. So we covered, I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, just kind of talked uh, about some stuff. I guess just heading it, you know, because we were talking about the election and, you know, I'm more of a, you know, I really enjoy conspiracies for, um, you know, multiple reasons. I either, I like them because they're just fun rabbit hole to go down or I like them because I, I think there's a lot of truth to a bunch and that's why I love history because history is riddled 
with tons of conspiracy, not just conspiracies, like, well, yeah, I guess they are, you know. I hate the word conspiracy even. Yeah, I'm getting caught up in it right now. It's like people hear conspiracy, they think it's fake or fairy. Like, no, conspiracies are real. People conspire to do things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so with this election coming up, you know, I would say no matter who wins, you know, I think people still need to just recognize that, you know, put your put your nose down, be around your friends, you know, still go to work. You're still going to live and enjoy your life because the powers that are at B, you know, you, whether you call them the elite, the globalist, the whatever, you know, you can't stop it. You know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And we need to just keep enjoy your life, you know, keep, keep living. I love how you like conspiracies, though, still. Like, you know, you still like them. You still, you know, enjoy the fun from them, but you don't get consumed and wear like, you know, a, a hat, like a tinfoil hat, you know, freaking out all day long and it doesn't affect your work or your personal life. You know, it's good to have, because it's like a passion project for you. It's just something that you like to do. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think Mark, you like conspiracies? Oh, I love conspiracies. Yeah, I, I could tell. I, I figured Mark would like conspiracies. Yeah. yeah. We have to do like an alien episode for sure. Oh, yeah. We have to do aliens one. are fun. See, aliens, that's the fun one. That's the one where you're like, there's no answer, you know. Uh, even like 9-11, it's like there's so much, there's so much there. It's like a rabbit hole, you know, like there's a lot of like rabbit holey type ones. Um, and then there's just there's some other good stuff that, you know, that that do give me they they can give me anxiety if I spend too much time thinking on it or listening to too much of it. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I think that's why like Alex Jones is so crazy because oh, like that's always doing all day long, right? Like, yeah. That's your whole world. Like you just, mm -hmm. all you think is that like everything is about evilness and child molesters and closer pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he's something else, uh, you know, um, that would be a hard thing. Cause once you're, it's once hard. you're, nose deep in this in the books of conspiracies like how do you get your head out and kind of see you know smell the roses you know how do you do that i don't know i i think it comes down to relationships like good friendships and just relationships you have with either girlfriend wife you know for me for my fiance you know things like that that, that helped me my friends it grounds me in re like more reality and i can also accept that like i know or at least i feel like i know what's going on at a, at a higher level. And I can release my, you know, responsibility. Cause I know there's, there's nothing I can do to really change a lot of things, but you know, I can, I can talk to whoever wants to know about a little bit more. I can present it to them in a way that that doesn't sound crazy, you know? And, and I can also realize that, you know, this is all one big, I call it the show, you know, this is one big show and I'm a small piece of that show. And I can do the things that I need to do to protect myself, my family, and live a good life. But we're in, I, I feel like we're in the show. You know what I mean? Like this election is a part of the show. Yeah. We're not even pawns on the chessboard. No. Like I used to think pawn on the chessboard. I'm like, I don't think I'm that high up. <laughs> like a pawn is like a pawn at least a billionaire. You know, like yeah. <laughs> Bezos is the king. And then, you know, uh, Bill Gates is up there. Elon Musk, the Waltons, you know, they're up there. You know, oh. like us making whatever, you know, okay money. Like we're not even close yeah. on that scale. Yeah, man. We're not even like the interest on his 10th savings account. You know, no, he yeah. forgot he even had. You know, it's like it's 
you just I remember I posted that a while ago about Bezos like 200 billion and then like 150,000 homeless in LA and I'm like I'm like it's just a weird you know if aliens came down and just plopped down and then saw Bezos in his big mansion after he just got divorced by the way and lost like a big amount of that and then they see 150,000 in tents you know it would be like this doesn't seem much different from the king and the and the poppers, right? Or the rest of the oh. right? It doesn't seem much different. Their, their life is so like I don't even know what to make of it at that level. Like um Elon it's like Musk. Fantasy land. It's fantasy land. Like, yeah. it's, it's, like they don't even could you imagine like walking in anywhere and being like, hey, walking into a go buy a Mercedes. Not only can you buy any Mercedes you want, but you can buy the place. The dealership. <laughs> you can buy the dealership. You walk in or you walk into a Best Buy and be like, hey, I like your TV, but I want all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I, I want the PS6. <laughs> it's true. Like, I think Elon Musk. Like this is how crazy it gets at that level. It's like Elon Musk, I think in one month, I don't know if it was if it was September or August, he made like several billion in a month because his stock, like his Tesla stock was just killing it. And you're like, how how does that even compute? Like how do you wake up one morning and you're like, Oh, stock's up one point five billion from yesterday? Because when you day. It's a good day. Yeah. If you you didn't spend, I think I did this math with just not even Elon, like someone way smaller, like Patrick Mahomes, when he got his deal, I was Mm -hmm. talking to uh, Danny and I was like, think of this Danny with what, with what I make, this is my salary. If I didn't pay any taxes and I didn't pay any bills and I banked a hundred percent of my salary, if I made that money for 50 years, I wouldn't make what Patrick Mahomes makes. And, you know, it came out to like, uh, one year or like it was like six months <laughs> you know, I was just like how, how, uh, it's weird you know like we're in a whole yeah. different ballpark and then take yeah. that Patrick Mahomes that's nothing compared to like Elon oh I know it is nothing I, they live I in the whole different world I don't know where it heads I, I don't know um but I mean we'll see I just know when we have like a million homeless in California like because that's where you're headed in 10 years I mean, is that is that unfathomable? I don't I don't think so. Could no. you have a million in California homeless? No. Would it be unfathomable for them to maybe take up arms or weapons? That'd be like Walking Dead. Something. They, it would not. It would have you not. ever seen uh, that that movie with Kurt Russell, Escape L.A.? No, yeah, I never saw it. Excellent I love movie. Kurt Russell though. Dude, that's a that's a little good truth drop. I I think that's gonna be L.A. Why, why why don't you tell uh eric what your political sign is outside your house oh uh make orwell fiction again <laughs> uh, yeah i have an actual political sign it's pretty funny man what a funny fun. we're living it, man that's uh you know I, you know i'll i'll kind of end it on this so we don't go too crazy but I was listening to a, a podcast there's a really cool podcast if you guys want to listen to it as well but anyone who listens to this it's called concrete with a K and this guy, he has amazing guests. Like it's very like Joe Rogan esque, but, um, but I just love like all the different people he gets. I don't even know how this guy gets these people. Um, but anyways, uh, one of the guys, he was a, 
Cuban, uh, like a Cuban multi, multi, I don't think he was quite a billionaire, but like hundreds of millions of dollars. He actually worked with the cartels and he worked for a number of different cartels, but his, his beginnings were in um, Cuba when uh, Castro had just taken over. But his dad and his parents were actually really wealthy with uh, Batista before he was overthrown and Castro became the, you know, socialist, communist dictator of Cuba. And, uh, you know, so his whole life was he felt like he was rich growing up in Cuba. He came over to the U.S. He was dirt poor, like poorer than poor can get, you know, immigrant, worked his way up, you know, told his whole story of how. He wound up becoming a lawyer and a banker and making a lot of money, but then he saw how much money he could make in drugs, and then he segued that into owning ranches, and then he, you know, had this incredible life, right? But he's, I think he's like in his 70s, and he was saying, he's like, from everything I've seen in South America, Central America, Cuba, he's like, the, the U.S. is headed for those same disasters we've seen play over in Argentina and Venezuela and Cuba and you know, and this is coming from a guy who lived it and saw it, you know, and, and when I see that, you know, my little conspiracy, you know, and, you know, I was just like freaking out. I was like, man, that's, that's what's coming here maybe. And I don't know, but you can't be, it can't all be bad, but that's my little uh, tidbit is just uh hopefully we don't see that, but I have a feeling that it's, that it's coming. Well, in the meantime, Stay happy out there, guys. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Buy your Krispy Kreme donuts because you don't know when they'll be shut down. You don't know. Yeah. Who cares about diabetes? At least you got a sugar high. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, you just have to laugh. Like, it's the only way to cope with the times. What I said, there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, you can do. Except that's, for the, that's Yeah, it's the funniest thing. I, I want to say something. People will probably take it the wrong way, but... I uh, was in ER one day and we had um, we had uh, two people that coded and, and one lived, one died. And I, um, I gave a guy crap. I go, hey man, just so you know, I'm one for one. You're 0 for one today. <laughs> because he, he the, the one he went in on, the guy died, my guy lived. So I was like, yeah. you know, I'll just mess it around. But no one would understand that humor <laughs> unless you understand that's how you cope with those times. You know, oh, yeah. sometimes I walk around I'd be like, yeah, I'm batting 500 today. You know, <laughs> like I would just, I would just start laughing. I'm like, that's the only way you can cope. I, I think, you know, it's one of the healthier ways I would, I would, I would think. But I don't know. I mean, how else do you do it? You can't. It can't all be like uh, that show ER, you know, where everything is just, you know, everyone's depressed and drinking and not having sex like while they're at work I'm like when do you have time i don't have time to go to the bathroom where do you guys have time to have sex gross. yeah i don't even get a lunch where do you guys have sex at right yeah it would be gross too and we worked at an old hospital there was literally a homeless man that lived there for six <laughs> the months in the basement dude <laughs> eric he stole a tv brought it down there and lived in the basement for six months oh yeah at the hospital oh, yeah nobody knew dude no one knew Oops. eric like that oopsie, and you still like that, that happens. Do not say homeless people are not resourceful because they are very resourceful. If it's the end of the world, the homeless are the ones that are lasting the longest. Yeah, it's no, it's true, man. I, I heard through this whole COVID uh, thing too. Like, who's the most resistant people to COVID? It's the homeless. 
Yeah, dude, they're already filled with Hep C, HIV, like all these viruses. They get they get coronaviruses all the time. So like, yeah. they're like a petri dish of of bacteria and virus and fungi and parasites. I mean, they're just they're they're like if we're gonna be you know we look at ourselves we shower twice a day because it's we we sweat in Arizona. You know, yeah. our skin's like friable because we we over uh, over soap ourselves, right? And it's yeah. like you get the homeless people. They have like they could soak up the sun you know, 15 hours a day, you yeah. know, use, use, they don't get sunburned anymore. Most of them. No, they, I, I don't, I think they reflect the sun is what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I always thought homeless people, I was like, man, people don't understand them. They are very tactful, like, and they're survivors for sure. Like, yeah, not, not, I mean, this is a bad comparison. I don't want to make, okay. It's, it's going to sound like a bad comparison, but it's like, you know, people are like, dude, cockroaches and Twinkies will survive nuclear war to <laughs> like, if, if things go awful, like the homeless are like, we're, we already do this. Like, oh, for, oh every day. Amazing. Yeah, every day, man. They go long periods of time without food, water. Um, yeah, they do it on their own. Like, I don't know. Anyways, it's always a testament to them that what they, what they uh, push through. But I think we'll end on that. Yeah. And we'll end with a quick quote. And let's see. So you don't lead by hitting people over the head. That's assault, not leadership. Dwight Eisenhower, the 34th president and a five-star general, which he was the last five-star general. Anyways. He was. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I just don't know what to say about it, but that is true. You don't you don't always need to bash people in the head to get the point across. Man, he uh he warned everyone about the military industrial complex. Yeah, famous kind of really eerie video because he said that back in like the what was it? The, 40s 40s yeah yeah yep. the 40s yeah black and white you can youtube that youtube it so all right so check us out on uh youtube all the podcast platforms and let us know if you have any topic ideas or guests that want to come on give us an email thank you everybody thanks for having me on guys all right thank you. we love you mark oh we love you too all right bye guys Thank you for tuning in to another can't miss episode of just a couple dudes or jacked podcast. We're new on Twitter. So please give us a follow at at J A K D pod on Instagram. You can follow us at J A K D underscore podcast. And we have a new YouTube channel set up at just a couple dudes. And that's couple with a K. We also have a website J A K D P O D.com with a new store set up where you can check out our merch and other fun items that we're going to be putting up. So please give us a follow, check out our website, and tune in for the next podcast that we'll be releasing shortly. Thanks. Mm-hmm.